in association with nzhikes.co.nz. Welcome to Bushwhacked, not the wrestlers, lighthearted tales of adventure from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Alright, listeners, welcome to Bushwhack, not the wrestlers. I'm one host, Cam Clark. Joining me as always, Mark Wilson. Mark, how's it going? Well, kia ora. Good morning to you, Cameron, and good morning to everyone listening. And once again, a massive thanks to everyone who has been listening. It's very good to know that there is other people out there who seem interested in the garbage, I mean the <laughs> useful information uh, that we speak. Um, now currently, just giving us a little bit of a weather forecast, as <laughs> when we begin these things, me and Cam don't really talk to each other that much, just a little insider thing. So um, I'm going to start with my forecast here in beautiful Aotearoa, New Zealand, and then we'll move up to Canada. But we've got a light mist, a light mist in the trees getting burnt off by the morning sun, which is quietly poking its way over top of the Port Hills. And beautiful day here in Canterbury, Christchurch, Aotearoa, New Zealand. And then straight back to you, Cameron. How's it doing there in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada? It's so funny. I had written down, make a joke about how often we start this podcast by talking about the weather. And you yeah. and you beat beautiful. me to it. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> it's been the start of many great conversations, I can, I can tell you. Um, well, let me try and match uh, with aplomb the, uh, the, the beautiful rendition that you just did. <clears throat> As no I pressure. Sti- uh, uh, <laughs> you. Son of a... All right. As I stare out my window at the beautiful prairies of Manitoba, I'm reminded that life stands still with the beautiful snowy plains. Now, it's a lovely minus one degree Celsius here, and uh, we're all very happy about it because it's meant to be minus 30 at this time of year. Uh, so once again, uh, most places in the world, not happy with climate change here in Winnipeg, doing quite all right. Thanks very much. <laughs> Excellent. Um, no, that's, that is quite interesting that you would say that because we've had a, a little bit of rain in the North Island. Well, I heard about this. There's yeah. a lot, lot more expected. Now, I was actually thinking just before, uh, where, when I came and visited you and stayed with you and Auckland, and that's got to be, geez, is that nearly 20 years ago, which is scary to think? Well, no, it's less than 20. I would have been uh, 25 or 24. Yeah, Yeah. so 14 years. It's getting there. Wow. Yeah. Um, And just to see parts of our biggest city just underwater was crazy. And then to know that we now have a cyclone heading its way uh, to the, the North Island. Oh, it's, God, more? Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. And this, you... this, is the, this is the big one. So the entire North Island is under a, a weather warning, um, and parts of it are under a red weather oh. warning. So oh, you have your, wow. your yellow, orange, and your red. Um, and, yeah, so, so hold on, folks, up north. We haven't had a big one of those in our lifetime, have we? 
No, well, this is a one in one hundred year storm. It is. That expression oh, God. is kind of getting a little bit out of whack because there's so many of these massive weather events happening. So, um, yeah, the, the wild side. I mean, when we did one of our podcasts, it was just after the uh, Canterbury floods, which were in July. Um, and that seems quite rough, but when you look at it compared to what happened in Auckland, I mean, what was seen was fjordland rain, but mm. in a populated area. Uh, those numbers that were coming out of it, you're looking at your two to three hundred millimeter within 24 hours. That's a, a fairly good storm, but a, a fairly standard big storm in fjordland, uh, and that's why no one lives there. <laughs> Yeah, holy crap! And yeah, and everyone on uh, everyone on social media, like everyone's personally affected by it, or knows someone personally affected by it. Like it's crazy. So it was just lots and lots of rain, but now it's going to be like almost a hurricane as well, right? Like pretty much. Well, wow. I've I've got to do a little bit. This is a research corner thing for the future. Just yep. throwing it out there. Um, how we don't get hurricanes, but we get cyclones. Are they the same thing? Okay, I will uh, write that down. Uh, I just want next... to know because they look the same and they seem to act the same, so um, maybe it's just a northern and southern hemisphere thing. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say it's to do with uh, whether they go clockwise or counterclockwise. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm going to go. With. I'm not sure, but that's my best guess. Okay. Yeah, or maybe kids, kids don't assume. Don't assume. So yeah, there will yeah. be research put into yeah. this. Yeah, we'll we'll put that on research corner next week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, now. Or not or not so very good, depending on where you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should be more careful with my transition language instead of going, oh, very good, very good. Let's move on. I should go, all right, very, hmm. It's quite serious. Like like being newscasters. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. A troubling situation, Mark. Thank you. Now, Nick, in the more lighthearted yeah, news. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, now, Mark, uh, can we please have a Mark injury update? Just waiting for the sirens. To <laughs> one day, uh, so- one day, I will buy a live editing soundboard that I can just push the button and you'll hear the siren. But uh, it's going to be a while before the old uh, podcast fund is uh, up to that sort of level. I think. Now, uh, last time uh, you had stolen your parents' dog to use as a comfort animal. Yep, correct. Correct. <laughs> um, and once again, just got to really reinforce how comfort animals I can just really understand just for the whole distraction. So when you're, you're used to doing a lot and then you can't do a lot, you've got a lot of time to think and you're not used to having that much time to think. And that can have a negative effect on some people. It did for mm. me because um, I'm just used to having all the energy that I have um, pushed out into either a mish or doing something at home or just keeping busy in general. Um, so now it's just cleaning up whatever he's chewed up. It's <laughs> a good sort of 80% of the day, I think, at the moment. Is he still a pup? Yeah, so he's uh, he was born... On the 1st of September, um, so he's five months and some, so he's coming up, he'd say he's nearly six months. Wow. So he's just a little fella at the moment. Is that him uh, in the background I'm hearing? That, that's Dennis, who's probably the old dog, who's probably being provoked 
by him. Because um, they say, so he's a wire here, Jack Russell, for those who, who haven't heard the news. Uh, and the Jack Russell species is the little dog who thinks it's a big dog. And man, it's true. He's got no fear. Now, he does get frights and understand things that might hurt him. But his first approach to everything is just to go up to it, which is why uh, I've been doing a lot of training with a trainer, just so he doesn't go up to the wrong dog. And uh, it's just one bite. And that's the only downside to little dogs, I feel. Nice. So he helps you with your mental health by being just an awesome dog. And it's a distraction because you've got to look after him all the bloody time. Yep. So that's the nice part of the um, injury update. The, The... not as nice part is the fact that um, I'm finding that in recovery there's um, there's peaks and plateaus. Mm-hmm. So uh, it seemed like I was on the sort of never-ending upward mm-hmm. trend from mm-hmm. doing nothing. Um, and just at the moment, um, I seem to have had a, a bit of a plateau. And basically what it is, is bringing the left-hand side of my body back into the game. So I've gone so long limping and protecting that right. side of my body by using the, the other side more. And um, so what I've found, even with a lot of my um, rehab, I've still been protecting the other side, the left-hand side. And so I've been given a rubber band, a uh, training rubber band that I can put around my feet. Yes, I know the ones. And, yep. Yep. And so that means I've got no choice. I have to use my left-hand side. I can't not use it and uh, favor my right. And that means that there's been a few times, well, pretty much every time I've done this training where I've felt pretty rubbish afterwards. Well, it must hurt, but right, using your left-hand it, side? It, well, when it's not being... When it's basically been switched off, just turned off for so long, oh. it, it does take a bit of getting used to. Um, the good side, so this is like a your compliment sandwich... We've had the good, we had the bad, now we'll go back to the good, mm-hmm. uh, is the fact that now, after all the, the tests and everything I've had of having a hernia, not having a hernia, maybe you have a hernia, who knows? Um, I know that when I feel sore afterwards, it's the muscles sore from being used as opposed to, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, it's going to build back so, stronger. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. there's no no sort of nervousness with the soreness because when you're told you have something mm-hmm. inside you this it's very nerve-wracking yeah well um, you have to you have to damage the muscle for it to heal itself stronger absolutely. right like that's what yep. weightlifting yep. is right like, rip the fibers to then thank you bigger. rip the fibers that's a better way of putting yep. it yeah yeah so um at, at the moment it's just getting my head around and this is where a lot of the course um activities that we did the the mindfulness really comes into play mm-hmm. is that you've got to stay um, on a positive mind frame and I have noticed that when I felt quite gutted about not advancing in the uh, recovery stage my hips started to hurt and a lot of that is the mind it's mm. being so used to having this thing that was hurting and for some people the you know I'll Jimmy down the street there who has a bad back, muscle uh, damage, it can only be damaged for so long, uh, unless it is a, um, a, a really bad situation. But a lot mm. of people, it's they're so used to being sore that that's their state of mind. So 
they just wake up sore and stay sore and yeah and they're not actually injured anymore it's more just they haven't turned their soreness off in their head um yeah okay well it's good that you had a positive then a negative then a positive and uh it sounds like your mind's in the right place regardless of any plateaus you might be facing and that's the thing that's the thing i found um i was saying when i was down south with my mate dan like it was the best sort of mind frame i've been in since before covid uh what's what do you got for us today well uh it is uh not the story we talked about last week and we do have a good excuse folks now we did say that um it wasn't locked in having my cousin come in and talk about uh, the first mission we went on uh, after the lockdown was lifted here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Uh, but he's just done the coast to coast, which is where you travel from the west coast of the South Island of New Zealand to the east coast of the South Island of New Zealand. So probably a little bit tired, to say the least. So we're going to give him a little spell and then get him on the next episode. Just for our uh, North American listeners and uh, our other listeners from around the world, how wide is the coast of the South Island of New Zealand? Many, many kilometres, I'm going to say. Don't know the exact, I'm not going to lie and just make up a number. Uh, but what I can tell you, Cam, is it's undulating terrain, to say the least. Uh, so you go over Goat Pass, which is a pass over a thousand meters above sea level. Now you start on the sand of the west coast beaches and you yeah. finish up on the sand of the east coast beaches. So oh. it's not like it's uh, uh, just a straightforward up and down. There's a lot of up and downs and the biggest up is massive, followed by a massive down. So um, huge, huge race. One of the I would say the most scenic adventure races in the world, but uh, I don't think they'll be looking at the scenery. As yeah, over it. No. Now, I violated my rule about not uh, typing while the podcast was going on because I just had to find out how wide the South Island is. Uh, oh, excellent. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, had to do it. Sorry, listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, 450 kilometers. Yeah, 450 kilometers at its widest point. Um, so let's say they're probably not racing at its widest point but still probably what like 400k ish right because it's oh, like a it's like it, a multi-day yeah. thing right it is yep there's running cycling and kayaking so it's, <laughs> it's it's all the punishments and they sleep right and then keep going but it's up but you've got to kind of ration your sleep right one day and a two day um, so my cousin was in a two-day team event because he is a mad runner loves running so there was a dude doing the kayaking and the biking and stuff. So he was doing the running part. Um, so he'll tell us awesome. about that in a awesome. future episode. Oh, I'm super um, keen to hear about that. Uh, hmm. Well, what do you have for us then? Yeah, yeah. The, the boring old story. Huh? So I thought I'd better um, you know, up my game because of the disappointment everyone will be feeling at the moment. Um, so it's two stories. I like to combine two stories in one. And uh, both of these stories, some people would think ended in disappointment depending on how you look at it now uh, also uh, these stories are, are sort of fitting in with what we started talking about um, right at the very beginning of this rant that two people have and then call it a podcast uh, and <laughs> that's the rain and, and the rain and what it can do to the environment so um that's all okay. i'll say for now all right well that sounds interesting so without further ado mark 
take us on a mesh. All right, my pleasure, Cameron. So uh, our first of the two stories, uh, it begins in 2010. So 2010, uh, I'd been guiding for a couple of years by now, um, and this is on the Rootburn track. And the Rootburn track located, well, the exodus of it is at the northern end of Lake Wakatipu. Sorry, Lake Wakatipu. Get my pronunciation right. Now that lake is near Queenstown, and a lot of people know Queenstown as being the tourist capital of Aotearoa, New Zealand. And when I worked on the Rootburn track, it was my home. And uh, at the northern end of it, where we finished the Rootburn track, there's the Rees River. Now me and Cam, we've been to the Rees River. Cam spent the day swatting sand flies, but also taking in the views. And uh, Cam actually crossed the river, um, which is a big factor in getting to where I wanted to go for both of these stories. So both of these stories involve my attempts to climb Piki Rakatahi, or Mount Earnslaw, which is a massive mountain seen at the northern end of Lake Wakatipu. And this mountain uh, is said to be the guardian of the greenstone. So there's a greenstone field found just beyond Mount Earnslaw. So I've always wanted to climb this mountain. It's a huge mountain. It's nearly 3,000 meters in height. And there's not many mountains in New Zealand that are that big. Uh, and this one, it's not a very difficult climb as far as the technical aspects go. But due to its height, it's very exposed to the weather. So my first uh, adventure up this valley was in 2010, as I said. And I went up the valley that me and Cam have walked up. And then I got to the point where me and Cam had to cross the Rees River. This is quite a big body of water. So you've really got to take it seriously. And I crossed it quite easily due to the lack of rainfall. Uh, and then I, I took myself up and had a little look at the Urnslaw hut which is uh, the old accommodation for people who used to climb Mount Urnslaw way back in the day. Now this is a hut where all of the material was carried to the location it's at and it always blows my mind there's many huts like this in Aotearoa New Zealand where a couple of dudes have got together maybe some girls in there as well and said right we want a hut here let's make it happen and these are big four by twos big pieces of corrugated iron and they've all been carried to this location for this hut to be built so it's really cool to see so uh, it's it's not an official say, it's it's not an official department of conservation hut and it's well, not they, and it's not on private it's, and it's not on private land it's just a bunch of dudes and probably some girls uh thought that this would be a good place for a hut let's make it happen Mm. Huh. And but what happens then is they become historic um, assets, and then they fall into the hands of either Doc or sometimes it's uh, mountaineering clubs like the Canterbury Mountaineering Club mm -hmm. or the NZAC, the New Zealand Alpine Club. Um, so it's a lot of history involved, and yeah, the upkeep. Um, is usually falls into the hands of DOC, the Department of Conservation, or those clubs. Um, so they're really cool, scattered all throughout New Zealand. Um, the South Island 
has a, an abundance of these cool little huts. Um, but also what we have, which is where I wanted to stay, is rock bivvies. So overhang sometimes or even sometimes little caves that act as your shelter in the mountains. And uh, there's Kia Basin, which is just above the Earnslaw hut. And in Kia Basin, there's a, a little rock bivy, which is just perfect uh, to fit quite a few people in. And it keeps you dry, keeps you out of the weather. And the weather is always a big factor, as said, on this very exposed giant mountain. So I spent the night up at this rock bivy in Kia Basin. And uh, what do you think came and visited me during the evening? Uh, this is the bit where I'm going to edit in some uh, particular bird noises, I think. Yes, you are correct there. It's always good when you get to a place that's named after something, i.e. <laughs> waterfall creek or something, and you get to see the waterfall, or in this case, Kia Basin. And good old Kia came down and had a little look around. Kia, brilliant animals. Um, my co-host Cam, he's rather fond of them and has them now forever on his arm. That's right, I have, a, cool. I have a tattoo of a Kia. Uh, just for our, uh, again, our worldwide listeners, uh, the Kia is the New Zealand Alpine Parrot. Um, yeah, the they're... Only, they're, only they're, Alpine Parrot. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's the only Alpine Parrot in the world, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Ma- only yeah. Alpine Parrot. There you go, folks, mountain parrots. If you want to see a mountain parrot, now... Again, the accent, I'm sorry, I'm saying parrot and not pirate. I'm saying a parrot, like, <laughs> ah, Polly want a cracker. Um, but if you yeah. want to see a mountain parrot, you must come to New Zealand. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they'll blow your mind. No, they're super cool. cool. They're Very so cool. beautiful and inquisitive. And, and and they, they kill sheep. Like, they'll kill yeah. sheep. Like, yeah, they're awesome. Awesome. I don't bird. know if that's a good sales point there, Ken, <laughs> uh, the, the killing the sheep. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, that'll get the bloodthirsty uh, travellers coming here. <laughs> and they're not endangered as far as I know, which is really uh, nice. Well, which is really no, nice. They're, they're, they're not doing well, to oh. say the least. Oh, well. Okay, they're not doing well. Uh, they used to be in the North Island, not in the North Island anymore. Um, believed to be numbers of around 5,000, I believe, but uh, exact numbers, we'll have to go to Research Corner for in a later date. Okay. Uh, so anyway, wake up the next morning. Everything's looking pretty cool. I leave my little stash of gear at Kia Basin because there's still a long way to go to get to the top of Mount Earnslaw. So I'm looking at around, a, I think it's about a 1500 meter or so climb from Kia Basin, which is above the valley anyway. Um, so I've still got a long way to go. Now, at this stage in my adventure career, and I'm only a couple of years into guiding and a couple of years into this intensive outdoor adventure uh, activity that I got into and still do to this day. So I'm learning as I go. And as we've learned, there's been a few whoopsies along the way, a few interesting situations, so to speak. Uh, So didn't pay much attention to the weather forecast. Now, as I'm climbing, the very still morning that I got up to is turned into a few puffs of wind and as I climb higher the wind gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Now you climb up above Kia Basin and you get to a glacier. Um, Now this glacier, the Burley Glacier, is getting smaller and smaller 
Um, and there are years when you can just avoid it entirely. Uh, now, due to the heat of this summer, sort of taking us back to right now, 2023, uh, I think this summer will really take away most of the ice of that small glacier. Mm. So um, might not be anything to worry about. Now, when I went up, there was a bit of snow there, so crampons on. And as I'm getting my crampons on, I'm thinking it's getting pretty windy. Uh, now, you climb your way up to Wright Coal, which is a, a little location between two big mountains. Um, most famous of the coal coals uh, is South Coal, which is between Mount Everest uh, and Lutzi, which is beside it. So between two mountains, and I'm between uh, O'Leary Peak and Mount Ernstor, and I can barely stand because the wind is so strong. Now, I get to this point, and I think most likely this wind is only going to increase with the trend that it's been taking all morning. I don't think I'm going to get up the mountain today. Um, so this occasion, no summit fever whatsoever. I, I really looked at the wind and thought I'd rather live another day and come back to claim this mountain than uh, attempt to go up the mountain in this wind and fly away like a kite. So uh, I turn around I come back down and I still get the views. I still get to see everything I wanted to see. I pack up my camp at Kia Basin and then head back out. Uh, so like I said at the start of this tale, some people would look at that and think, well, that's failure. You didn't climb the mountain. Uh, but for me, I got to see that little hut and I got to see Kia Basin. I got an interaction with the animal itself, the Kia. And uh, I got to get some great views of the surrounding mountains. So uh, to me, that's not a fail. That's, that's a win. And uh, that then takes us to the next story, which is very closely associated with this because... This is the next time that I tried to climb good old Piki Rakatahi, Mount Ernslaw. Um, so we, we go a few years into the future now. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to call this Mount Ernslaw 2, Ernslaughter. Whoa, whoa. And um, as you'll see in here, see, you can't see anything. As you'll hear... <laughs> um, this adventure, which is in 2014, I've got it up in front of me now, uh, this is called Can't Cross That. And so once again, this is where the weather said no. So I uh, drive from my home, which is now in Tuatapari. So I'm now living down on the Humpridge Track, and that's in the south of the south, and I'll talk about the Humpridge Track more in the future. Uh, so I make my way to where the road ends, and where the road ends, you begin your walk up the Rees Valley. And on this day, there was heavy rain throughout the day, and I was just catching the tail end of it. Now, uh, my plan was to get to Kia Basin and camp, and then have another go at climbing Mount Ernslaw. But as the name of the story suggests, I make my way up the valley, and I have one look at the mighty Rees River and think, there's no way, I, uh, I can't cross that. So I think, well, I'll just wait it out. So I set up my little camp and, and I wait for the night 
and very nice night the rain stops and I get the stars I get a good moon coming out and in the morning I wake up no rain and I think great let's go and let's climb Mount Earnslaw and I go down to the river from my camp and as the name suggests I give one look at it and think no way I'm here by myself and when you're by yourself going solo you really have no margin of error you can't take any risks or anything because if something goes wrong there's not much you can do as far as getting a uh, uh, emergency news broadcast out goes so um yeah i thought no there's no way i can cross that so my other option was to just turn around and climb the mountain behind me now that's on the end of what's known as long charlie spur a spur is like a ridge on a mountain and this way i get to climb up and have a really good look at mount Earnslaw from the other side of the valley it gave me a unique view and it filled in my day so i spent the morning climbing up and it went from the tussock and nice grasses up to the more harsh alpine environment and then into the rock and once I got to the summit, I not only got to look the entire length of the Reeves Valley, but I got to see out to the northern end of Lake Wakatipu, and uh, where you can see Glen Orkey and uh, the little village that's at the northern end. And it was a really cool adventure. Um, and then afterwards, I climbed back down the mountain, grabbed my gear, and headed out. And like with the first story, some people may look at that as a failed attempt once again on this mighty mountain, Mount Earnslaw, which I still haven't climbed, by the way. Uh, but for me, it's a mish, and it's just going out and being in the environment that I love being in. I never look at as, uh, going out on a mish as being a failure, and I think that's where um, things differ between a hiker and a hunter. Hmm. Um, I think hikers go out and they go hiking and achieve what they want to achieve, which is hiking. Whereas if you go out and go hunting and come away with no animal, a lot of guys come out back from that being quite disappointed. But um, yeah, like you've really got to screw something up to have a bad hike. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, as we've found out <laughs> a couple of episodes ago, uh, a lot of hiking <laughs> is uh, secondary fun. Secondary fun. So you go out, you do it. Uh, and might not feel like fun when it's happening, when you're uh, noticing it's dark and the snow's driving into your face and uh, a guy comes back to you and says, I haven't found the hut, but I've found a rock with a little space underneath it. But as long as you return alive, that's the main thing. And so with a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah, with a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, there's a story. There's a story that comes away with it. And there's not a uh, a little note in the back of the newspaper uh, about your death. So um, yeah, it's it's always good, folks, to come away alive with a story, then push on and something go terribly wrong. And so that's my tales of when I went and attempted to climb Mount Earnslaw, didn't, but still enjoyed myself and got to be out in the wild so you have never in fact managed to climb mount earnslaw not yet not yet it's a uh it's definitely one on the list because a lot of sort of budding mountaineers whether they be 
highly experienced or just getting into it, that's on their radar. Um, like I said, it's not a very technical mountain. There's bits where it's definitely fear inducing, I would say, um, but you're not doing sustained vertical rock climbs or anything like that. Um, the crampon work is reasonably easy, uh, but there are points where if you were to fall, that would be the end of you. Uh, and so with things like the wind mm -hmm. can be an issue, cloud can be an issue. It's a mountain where you've got to let the weather tell you it's okay to climb it. Is most of it like scrambling rather than true Pretty climbing? Much. It really is. It's scrambling at a, a very high elevation with very high consequences. Right. So, huh. yeah, easy. I... I would love to try and, and climb that mountain with you on my next return to New Zealand if we can make that happen. Yep. And the yep. weather cooperates. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's just the weather, yeah. Um, mm. They have a problem with veer glass, which is when the ice gets so hard that you can pretty much not kick your crampons into it to get a, a good purchase. Wow. Um, and so that just shows that is extremely exposed country well, we'll, we'll do it in summer yeah summer is the the main thing yeah. um, i've had times where i've been going up the rees valley on another adventure and the weather's come right and it really shows how popular that mountain is because you'll see people coming up the valley um, to go have a go at it so ah, cool for, for people out there who are thinking about going up um, there's a couple of places you can accommodate yourself on the mountain um, but do be prepared for the huts to be full because um, hmm. it's popular. Cool. All right. Well, no, it's a good story. Okay. Good pair yeah. of stories. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, it's time for a very popular segment uh, on uh, here at Bushwhacked, Not the Wrestlers. It's Talking to Reo with Mark and Cam. Very good. I like the little sting you put there on the end of that one. Yeah. All right. Now, this week, um, now, as always, we like to, exp uh, for our new listeners out there, we'll explain the segment. Uh, I will be uh, attempting, or Mark, I should say, will be attempting to pronounce a te reo Māori word uh, with the uh, correct pronunciation. Um, I will spell the word. He will then pronounce it. And uh, it gives you at home, listeners, um, very good uh, play-along-at-home opportunity here. Um, as you can see, our listeners from around the world already chiming in. The excitement already yes, happening they are. for yeah. us. Well, as soon as we talk about it, I tell you, they, they, they go crazy. They go crazy. Just um, get excited. Now, afterwards, as always, uh, Mark will be uh, pronouncing the word uh, if you are not trying to do it um, the correct te reo way. And then I'll be following up with the confused North American version. Uh, North American tourist, we call it. Uh, now, and of course, no, no insult. <laughs> you snuck it in no there. Insult. I was yeah. trying no, to just, skip that part. We're just trying to, you know, we're just showing the, the right and wrong, and we're not saying if you if you've done it that way your whole life. Um, anyway, sorry, go on. I wanted to see if you were going to cut me off to sneak that in. I love this game. Okay, awesome. All right. Um, now, what, what was I going to say here? Oh yeah, cool. Now this week, Mark. This week, so I did some googling. Uh, and I deliberately googled uh, difficult to pronounce Maori words, um, and it led me to a, an article um, from a, a young fella on TikTok 
um, who does a whole a whole thing similar to us, where he uh, explains sort of where the word comes from in the correct way, and then the funny incorrect way that people butcher it. Uh, and he recommended this particular place name uh, as oh. one that uh, is oft, is often uh, just destroyed. And I had to agree with him. Right. Okay, so uh, the word is T A U R A N G A. All right, I'd like to solve the problem, please. Go ahead. Toronga. Oh, well done. Another 10 out of 10 performance. Another 10 out of 10 performance. And apparently that's so, one of the so, tricky ones. So. Yeah, so to our international folks, uh, there's, there's lots of Māori names, places that, like like Pam was saying, is you've listened to it your whole life and there's been the, the right and the wrong way of pronouncing it. And so... Yeah, it's, it, these are the important things to get right for, for visitors. Mm. So the visitors get the, the correct pronunciation straight from, from the go. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mark, uh, I'm, I'm pretty keen to hear your, your take on the, uh, the, uh, the, the less PC way to um, pronounce the word, please. Oh, well, Cam, uh, I've actually got a mate who lives up in Tauranga. <laughs> yeah, there Tauranga, it is. Yeah, Tauranga. Tauranga. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Tauranga. Going up to it, Tauranga. Next to that, um, Mount Manganui. <laughs> Bloody big Lake Taupo up there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no insult there, folks. No yeah, insult. no insults. No insults. All love. It's all love. Um, now, excuse me. Uh, my turn. <clears throat> oh, God. How would they How would they say this? Yeah, this is a tough one. It is. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, oh, I should have thought about this before. Uh, pressure. Finally, I'll, you I'll, pressure on you. Oh, they totally would do it. Yeah, they would do it that way. Okay. Hey, uh, you want to go up to Tauranga? Tauranga. 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 There we go. Yeah, definitely the hard G. They would totally do the hard G. The ga. Tauranga. Tauranga. Yeah, oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. There you go. <laughs> Good times. Good times. I love that segment. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Um, so next week, uh, are we going to get uh, friend of the podcast and special guest Adam Crouchley on? I, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> We've promised it and uh, failed to deliver this week. Um, but I mean, if you're at this point and still listening, uh, obviously you've enjoyed it. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get Adam on next week and he'll explain... What happened when the world was released? Well, at least this part of the world, Aotearoa, New Zealand, after a long time in level four lockdown, which is the most harsh, oh. you have to stay at home. Then we went into level three, where you're not supposed to associate with anyone. Then we went to level two, where things could just get out a little bit more. Uh, and then level one, of course, and now where we are now, post covid so um, oh, interesting folks. all right awesome okay well i guess that's about it um as always listeners thank you so much for listening to us uh mark's website uh, nzhikes.co.nz for pictures of all the locations that we've been talking about uh instagram.com uh slash nzhikes.co.nz facebook slash nzhikes 
if you've uh, got feedback for us, uh, bushwhacked, not the wrestlers, at gmail.com. Follow us at bushwhackpod on the the Twitter. Buy the books. Buy the book. It's for charity, Active Hearts Foundation, Happy Hikes and Hurt Hips. Uh, And, of course, our hashtags. uh, Hashtag on a mish. Hashtag NZ Hikes. Uh, We had a bunch of other ones as well, but I don't have that information in front of me, and I'm not going to bother. You'll find us if you want to listen to us and you want to talk to us. Wilderness Addicts. Wilderness Addicts. Adventure. I don't know. We'll pop up. Someone retweeted one of my tweets the other day. I must have had the right hashtag in it or something. Mountains. Yeah. (laughs) Walking. 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 (laughs) Oh, and as always, please give us a five-star review and and, and share share about us as well. Even if you don't, can't be bothered doing the review, even just sharing the post on Facebook or whatever it is that you've, uh, the Twitter or whatever it is that you're on, I think that would help too. Um, Oh, and we're still running the contest. Um, people are, people are leaving reviews uh, as soon as we get to. Did we say we'd get we would get to? Yep. to uh, did we officially say ten? Did we did we decide on that? Ten ten reviews and we give away a book, or do we want more than that? Well, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yep. You think that's a good number? Yeah. No, okay. We'll go ten. Yeah. So you have a one in ten that's chance. We've already said. So there you go. Stick with that. <laughs> Well, you'll have a one in ten chance yeah. to win the book. Pretty much giving it away, really. Yeah, yeah. As all you got to do is leave that five star review yeah. and send it to us. Yeah. Bushwhack not the wrestlers at gmail dot com, or I don't know, whoever you want to put it in front of our eyes that you did it. That would be lovely. All right. Well, this has been uh, yeah. Cameron Clark. Can you just uh, yeah? Oh yeah. Oh, hello. You, you got you got you got right in the middle yeah. of my wrap up. Do you do you want do you want to wrap this up? <laughs> All right, this has been Bushwhacked. This has been Bushwhacked. Oh, my God. You're the worst. This has been Bushwhacked, not the wrestlers. Kaki te Kia ora, folks. Namaste. Kaki te.